This is Spraymakers, a podcast that dives deep into the world of slalom with Chris Rossi and Trent Finlayson. A stacked position is a huge piece in the power puzzle. Listen as the boys dissect how to get into an effective stack and why it's so important. When I when I see a pro versus a non-pro, I mean that's what that's what really stands out yeah. in my mind. It's not how hard a person turns. I see lots of people turn hard that that maybe even yeah. I like their turn better than mine. But it's where do you end up and how much can you get done in a short period of time? And if you're in the right position, that seems to be everything. Yeah. I mean, what, what's more like, what's more timeless, what's more classic than, than just hips up, bud, you know, like hips up, like, you know, and, and that's not, you know, that's not really the, the, my, my directive, but like, yes, hips up and just go, go back, like, look at Joe Cash, Herb O'Brien, Bob LaPointe, go, then go Lucky Low, you know, Mapple, Rossi, Will Asher. Like, like, why is it that all the best skiers since, like, you know, the dawn of man, <laughs> they've all had, like, this really, really, really similar position when it comes to um, harnessing and accepting the load from the boat. Exactly. Exactly. And way different, yeah, way different styles. You know, everybody mm-hmm. would say totally different styles, but if you break down a picture of them going into the first wake, there's going to be a lot of similarities. Kind of similar. So that's what that, that classic stack is, right? So for me, you know, when I'm, you know, coaching and then, you know, I don't really think about it in my own skiing right now, or actually I I only think about when I think about it when I don't have it, when I miss it, but it's that mechanical alignment, right? It's that structure. Um, and that's like, you know, when we talked about core fundamentals, that that's the bottom of my pyramid. It's that mechanical structure first. So that means just simply hips over ankles, shoulders over hips. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I start with. So I get, you know, like the, the, you know, from the very, very, very beginner, the first time before we were even in the course, um, or, or the guy that I'm coaching <clears throat> that doesn't, that isn't his priority. That's the, that's where I start. Hey, before you even get to the course before you even pull out like you, I mean you need you need that mechanical alignment you need that structure because that's if your goal is your goal is really I mean when you're in your cut position we're going we're to come to this but I mean you're not you're not trying to battle the boat you know you're trying to harness the load and simply balance behind the pressure so I mean it, it's 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 the most um intuitive natural position to be in it you know, doing anything else, like, like you know, I, I was liking it to, to a deadlift, you know, anyone that's listening that lifts, so, you, you know, um, not claiming to be this amazing lifter. So I don't want to hear anything about this on uh, any of the forum or anything like that. So, but I'm just saying like, yes, I do a lot of deadlifts. Um, doesn't matter how heavy it is, that moment that your hips clear and you come up to the very top, perfect alignment, how all of a sudden that weight is, feels about 20 five percent of what it felt like while you were in the process of clearing your hips so so that's a, that's a given that's like that's sort of the tie that binds all great skiers is their ability to, to find that position to harness the load and, and the first time you see someone fly inside a buoy at 41 if you're watching pro skiers or, or anyone you know any really good skier the, the moment they miss go back to the wakes before they they got their last buoy something fell out you know you'll see 
especially some of the stronger guys, you watch Joel Howley, like sometimes he'll hit the first wake with the handle a, a mile from his body, his butt way back, and, and boom, that's a, you know that's his approach to the very last buoy. Where, you know, it's probably going to be down at the bottom end of 41 for him. Um, so that stack, that structural alignment, what where do you start with that, Rossi, and, and how do you how do you you know re- repeat it, or how, what's your avenue to, to find it more consistently? I, you know, it's been it's been a crazy run. You know, having I've got a you know my my kids now are uh, our kids are now ten and six. You know, so I, I've been having to to teach them to ski, teach you know, and then to to make it fun for them. We're also teaching their friends to ski and creating this ski community. And it's been a challenge to understand how to teach kids like that. But what I've not a challenge, but it, you know, you have to go back and, and, and understand how their brain is firing at that time and what can they handle. And I try to keep things very simple. And I mm-hmm. start with every kid that I know. And I say, you know, there's three rules of water skiing. And they're like, Oh really? Like, what is it? I'm like the three rules of water skiing, arm straight, arm straight, have fun. That's it. Yes. And, and literally that's all we do. And every kid that goes to get in the water, I say, Hey, what, what, are, what are the three rules? And they're like, arm straight, arm straight, have fun. Okay. What am I, what am I really trying to get out of them? Yes. If your arms are straight, you can find how to get into a st- this, this alignment that you're talking about or stack or, you know, just, just, just being aligned. Right. The moment your arms are bent, you're, you're you add force to something then your hips drop back and now you're not in line. So, so I, I focus early on with people on how to, how to uh, set yourself up to be able to find that spot, hook a, hook a handle onto the, onto the pile, onto a, onto a post or somewhere onto a tree. And tell me that when you go and you stand with your, you know, just like you said, knees over your feet, hips over your knees, shoulders over your hips, find that position. You could, if you can hold on to that position for a very long time, then you're in the right position. If you yes. find like your bicep is starting, your bicep is starting to hurt or my back, I can feel it in my middle of my back, or I can feel my sciatic when I'm doing it. That means that you're not in line. And if you're, if you're not in line, when you're not even on the water, then you're definitely not going to be in line when you're on the water. And yeah. what has been shocking really is, you know, over years and years and years of ski school, you know, being, you know, just teaching so and working with so many people, you take a, a person who can run into 35 off and they're, they're just, you watch them ski and you're like, you are, I mean, we always work on, you know, calming down and doing less, but you put them on a handle on the dock and they've got a bent arm their lead shoulder is down, their hip is back, and their weight is on their back foot. And I go, well, hold on a second. And I grab their shoulders, open the shoulder up to the to the post, you know, slide the hip forward and over the feet. You know, I, I whack their, their forearms and, and biceps and shake their elbows until they'll straighten their arm. And then I say, now, all I want you to think about is, is uh, making sure that your core is tight. And what that means is just that uh, the easy way to think about it is envision someone's about to punch you in the gut. What are you going to do? You better tighten up. And so that engagement needs to be there in order to solidify your stack. 
So I get, I think yeah. I race a little bit into like, you know, getting into no, what no, no. stack is, but I think, I think you gotta, I mean, most people, I mean, so working with, uh, working with my six year old <clears throat> Kai, he, he is, he's always been into soccer. And so, and, and he's into water skiing, obviously, but when we go to kick a soccer ball and he doesn't have a shirt on, I can tell right now at six years old, he's not engaging his core. But has he developed that yet? I'm not sure. You know, so I talked to him about like, you know, if I were going to punch you in the gut and then all of a sudden he'll find it and, you know, and he has it. And and that's something that, you know, we all develop over time. So us adults should all have that. But what's strange is I'll watch people ski and I can tell right now that their that their midsection is loose. Their butt is yeah. back there. Even if their arms are out. That, that core is not engaged. And if you don't have that midsection engaged to keep yourself in that line, then you are going to fall out of that line. It does, it does take tightening, but it doesn't take uh, extra unbelievable power. You know, in, in, a, in, a, yeah. in Pilates, it's called Kegel. You know, like you got a Kegel, bro. Okay. You know, you got a Kegel to start your any exercise you do. And if you think about yeah. it, no matter what sport you're doing, that is part of your immediate movement is that tightness. Yep. You're, you're hundred percent right. Like that, that's, that's, that's where your power comes from. And I, and I was talking about this with, um, Will Asher, uh, probably a year ago, I was doing some, some, um, mountain bike races and he obviously rides, uh, you know, a ton of miles. And we we're, we we're talking about, about like where, where that, where that, um, <clears throat> Um, where that power comes from, even, even on a bike, like what, you know, when I want to find an extra gear, it's, it's, it's not coming from my hamstrings or my glutes first. It's it's hundred percent coming from my center first. And that's, you know, that, that, that's that kind of, um, like physiological neurological training of, of, of that, the, of the correct order to fire things in. And you're absolutely right. You know, every athletic endeavor that power is going to come from your center first and, and then chain branch outward downward from there um so 100 so stack that mechanical structure and you've got to be able you have to find it before your very first move meaning before your pull out on the gate you have to have that structural alignment and then from from there i think the second component of this stack that you'll notice and it's evident by, by when you see someone's arms really close to their body when they're in their lean is that your structural alignment needs to, needs to, to line up with the line of the rope. Um, you know, so structural alignment and then the second component of that I call rope alignment, meaning the line of the rope needs to intersect that it needs to intersect ankles, midsection, chest, right. Or, or, or ankles, inside hip, back shoulder, just depending on exactly how you stand on your ski, but the line of the rope needs to intersect the line of your stack. Um, because you know, just simply stack being stacked over top of the water isn't enough because our, our, you know, something I liken it to like a secondary source of gravity is, is actually the pylon, right? So we're, we're needing to take that line and line it up with where the pressure is coming from, and that's the pylon. So your body needs to line up with the line of the rope, and that's why you'll see when someone's in their lean, so when it has that rope alignment, that their arms are gonna be just straight down their body, straight in line with the rope. Everything lines up nice and straight, and, and you know, as a, as a passenger in the boat, 
if you're sitting behind the pylon, you can see it beautifully. You know, when they get to the first wake, are you seeing the bulk of their body in that line with the rope? Or are you more seeing that line of the rope is hitting their torso and their midsection is actually behind the rope? And that's when you're going to see people skiing a little bit crouched. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, we do, we definitely need to, to dive into the correct or kind of like the pressures and the form that we're looking at, because I, I did get this, this vision of, and, and it may have been the vision that I had when I was a kid as well of being right behind the boat. Let's say I'm going through the gates, right? So I'm, uh-huh. I'm right behind the boat right there. I, I can have a stacked position for a moment where I, I could slam my, my right shoulder away from the boat, like think old school style, my left hip comes up uh, and I'm leaned like I'm trying to pull, to break the pylon off, you know, and I, for a minute, I can be in what we would say would be a powerfully stacked position, but it's Mm -hmm. not something that I can maintain because from there, the force that the rope puts on my body, my body will give and I will lose that stack. So I think there's also the, the understanding that we need to find stack. Why we're finding stack, like I love the way that you like to, to talk about harnessing the boat's power. Like the boat yeah. is what's giving you your speed. You're not in a battle against the boat. You're, you're in a, the boat is with you during this run. Like it, it is what it's, it's yeah. what's, what gives you your base speed. But also, yep. if we want to generate speed, and listen, people, we can all generate enough speed, you know, from a turn into center line to be able to have these nice early edge changes. But we have to have these fundamentals and we have to understand when and where we need to get our power. And, and when you see a pro ski, I think the thing that should jump out, everybody thinks that it's the turn. It's the turn. It's the turn. It's not. It is not the turn. Watch Regina you know, run five at 41 and you're going to see wheelies and you're going to see turns that you go, I don't even understand how she runs 39 like that. But what, what happens? She can find that stack position really close after a poor turn and still maximize that duration of stack. And that can help you to generate the speed to make up for all of these errors, you know? And I think that's a, I think, I think that's a a thing we got to, 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 to understand that you can, you can create a stack position. You can force a stack position for a split second, but that's not what we're looking at or not what we're looking for. Not what we're talking about here. You know, we want something that we can, we can uh, maintain, utilize and uh, to, to generate our power and generate our speed over a duration. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So given, given, you know, ideally if we're just talking about just stack, you always want to be stacked, meaning meaning you always want to be centered over your feet, centered over your hips at every point. So that even at the turn, when you're at the height of your reach, you know, you're still you're you still are mechanically stacked in relation to your ski, ideally, right? But I think I think what we're probably really talking about is that is that that you know that that stacked in relation to the rope during the cutting phase. So so <clears throat> As you're coming through the exit of the turn, like when, when does this happen? You know, like let's just say you're 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 turning it on your. Let's just fast forward. We'll, we'll go to one ball just because it might be a little easier. You know, easier uh, kind of jump off point. So as you're coming around the turn at one ball. At what point do you fall back into this aligned position or this stacked position, connected position, however you want to term it? 
if I'm shooting the moon, and let's just say we're on a fairly ideal line, my ideal scenario is that if you had an imaginary imaginary line running down the buoy line, okay? Uh-huh. When like you, going, you mean going going down one three five? Is that yeah, one three five line. Okay. Thank you for painting that picture. You know, yeah. so there's yeah. an imaginary line there. My imaginary line going into the turn would be that I'm riding the swing or riding the the, the handle path or however you want to do it out yeah. to that with two hands to that imaginary buoy line. Then my reach starts and I extend to apex. Then I'll yeah. take as much time as it took me from where I broke that line in the pre-turn to apex i'm going to take that same amount of time to take my speed and curve my turn back to the handle and so i will i will connect to my stacked position at the theoretical buoy line after the apex and from there i want that's where i want to i would love to feel connection or that is the ideal place to feel connection and then uh-huh. be building speed from there to the center line. Now, that's in a theoretically perfect world, right? Uh, yes. The reality is that's as good as it can be. And then everything we do that can negatively take us away from that line is going to shift that connection point further down course and further inside the buoy line. Okay. Effectively leaving us less distance to build speed from wherever we connect to the center line. Yeah. How about you? So I, I guess you're saying, you know, ideally as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. Right. I mean, you, so, but, but I think like, so where that gets yeah, confusing with though. some people, I think exactly. Is it, is it, is it's not a move. Like it's not, it's not rocking your hips to the handle. It's not pulling the handle to your hips. Think of it like this. Like when you're at the top of the turn, let's say you're at your reach. Okay, we're gonna, and we'll just stay at one ball. So, <clears throat> excuse me, your body obviously is is outside of that line of the rope, if you will. Okay, so for you to be able to get your body back in line with that rope, so so you know, as in the the line of the rope is is, is intersecting the stack of your body, you've got to travel there, right? So, I mean, that that's that's where like this idea of patience comes from. It, it's not it's not a rotate throw your hips up, pull the handle in. You've got to travel from outside of the rope at the top of the turn, travel slash turn until you're back in line with the rope again. So you're absolutely right from as wide a point as possible, but you, you've got to allow yourself to travel there, right? So I, I like to remind people like the finish of the turn has nothing to do with the buoy, <clears throat> nothing to do with the buoy line. It's, I mean, some points that's almost the start of the turn. The finish of the turn is when you've traveled and gotten back in line with the rope. So just, you know, appreciating where you are in relation to the rope can, can help you, um, can help you like truly finish your turns. You want to be able to turn, slide all the way back through and, and stay on that arc you've set at the, at the pre-turn until you are back in line with the rope again. So what, what, what gets in the way of that then? What gets in the way of, of someone traveling there or traveling that far? Well, I, th- I think people get ahead of themselves. You know, people, people, the, yeah. you and I, 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 I'm going to guess, you and I will agree that the game is won and lost behind the boat, not in the turn. You yes. know, and, and, and that, that, is, that is the bottom line. But you, you, I'm sure you come across 
and I have in my career, I've just watched it over and over and over again. People are trying to win and lose the game uh, based on a hard turn. And we've talked about yeah. this, you know, I, I know I remember I talked about this, you know, in the last episode or one of the last episodes, and that is, you know, <clears throat> cutting off the finish of your turn to turn hard and to momentarily get to a stacked position, you know, which means, you know, you're out there, whatever you're, you're on a handle path, you know, your, your handle is, is on a path. And mm-hmm. however you set that up into the center line, then when you stand up and you, there is an ideal path that, 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 that handle wants to, to, to go on. And the, the more you can see that path, if, if you had a poor turn at one, you didn't build great speed into the wakes uh, so you pulled a little bit long past center line. That's gonna, you're gonna end up having a big spike in the rope. You're gonna get pulled to the inside. So now your handle path just arced even more down course and inside. And then what I see is most people come screaming into apex, and then they have a vision of what they would like the turn to look like. So they yeah. manipulate the turn to get an instant gratification of. Wham! There's the, there's the handle. There's the turn. Except for there's no rope. And then what happens is yeah. you take a slack shot. There's no way to be able to physically hold on to that position because the load comes so hard and so quick that something has to give. And in a water skier, it's almost always lower back, you know, or hips yeah. or any of that. And you're and if you look at that moment, you're going to see bent arms bent hips, not in alignment, and thus not generating speed from that wide point that you just created. So to go back to what you just asked me, I would say most people don't see their connection point. Most people choose a connection point after the turn, connection point being where the rope's going to come tight and where I'm going to start accelerating from. And most people see the buoy and they say, I want that connection point right now. And you can manipulate that by taking your outside shoulder and and really closing it back off to the boat, which rotates your hips, which basically creates a massive skid right there. And yep. for an instant moment, you'll, you'll get to feel like you're going to, you're going to kill it, but you don't have the power from the boat yet. So I, I, I spent, I spent, you know, a better part of a year in this, with this concept of like that, I'm not going to fall at the buoy. You know, so I was at that time, I knew that if you could run three at 41, that was much bigger than running two at 41. Two at 41 always means runoff. You know, it always meant being on the bubble. It always meant danger. And I, 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 I started playing a game where I said, I cannot fall Hmm. so that I found where that connection point out of two was. And then, I, I mean, I, 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 I got to this place where I could almost always get three because of what I had practiced and because I could see where the connection point was. And yes, it was further down course than I was comfortable with. And I didn't want to be there, but I knew that if I caught it there and I got in the stack position, I could generate enough from wherever that point was to the center line or just after that I would get that piece of three or that full three with the S turn. Because while you're, yeah, because while you're coming down course, like you said, what, what else is happening? Well, what, 
how about you answer that? Well, yeah, exactly, right? Like, so it's not it's not like advocating, hey, just just run like this really late line down course because while you're traveling down course, committing to to this turn, you're also generating angle one, and you're already starting to get you know to get your ski to accelerate back in towards the wake, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. I think, I think it's I think it's concept. Exactly. I think it's I think it's uh, understanding that. Your, your handle is on a path that you really can't change. You can manipulate yeah. it a little bit. And, 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 and yeah, I'm real good at dropping a shoulder and creating a, a really hard turn. But it does, that, that, that mentality really might only get you to the next buoy. It's definitely not going to set you up to run the pass. And there is definitely no way I want that to be my base form goal, right? So what I think we're really trying to do is take – as much speed as we can from apex through apex and into the cut and by closing off and doing these these things that put you out of alignment they give you instant gratification because if you were to take a picture right at that moment your ski is turned 90 your body's closed off you look like a beast but the moment that you actually catch the boat you're going to be pulled out of that alignment your ski's going to flatten you're going to have to release all of that pressure and then you're going to have to have a moment where you can allow your body to get back into the stacked position and go. That's one of the things that you'll see beginners or less developed skiers aren't able to do what we do, where we have one of these skidded improper formed turns. We do relieve it. And then we get ourselves back to stack. You'll see beginners and and less developed people try to pull and be in their, their cutting position with their hips way behind their arms bent and that's where you see a lot of those epic water ski crash fail videos, you know, where people have their butts back, arms in and just just hanging on, you know, and it's wild. And one thing that you can understand is if you can if you, you can always put yourself back to stack, you have to understand yeah. that there are keys to doing that. My key has always been you got to straighten your arms the moment your arms get back to straight. If you if you ha- if you put that handle against the post on the grass, you can you can have your arms bent, your hips back, and if you just focus on straightening your arm, then your hip becomes free to move around. You can pull your hip yeah. up, then you can tighten your core, and now you're back. And and Trent and I, we can we can make that make that uh, change like that. I mean, like, you know, you come out of the turn, you're in that position. You and I know instantaneously what to do with our arms, which frees our hip. And now we're back to our stack position, even though we didn't make the turn we wanted to. And and I think that's yeah, a really that's exactly important it. thing to remember. That's exactly it. As, as, you're, as, you're, as your arms are straightening out, you know, it, it, it's just relieving some of that pressure and I can stand back up, you know. Um, <clears throat> okay, so that, that, that tight hips to handle classic that stack that I call rope alignment. So we're going to agree that, that part of it is, is patience and, and, and allowing yourself to travel through the turn back to that point, not, not stopping, you know, or, or like you said, doing that skid stop and throwing your hips up <clears throat> because then you've lost all your speed. You've lost all, all your, all your forward momentum. You're, you're in a position you're not going to be able to hold. Um, Thus that and that's where like long pulling is going to come, you know, because if you're going to if you are going to edge change early or some semblance of early ish, it's going to be dependent on how much speed you're able to generate by the time you get to the wakes. So 
putting on the brakes, rocking back, stopping, skidding, all that's, all that's going to, you know, you're going to get that hip handle connection for, you know, for a minute, but you're not, you're just not going to be able to hold it. Cause you're going to have to pull quite long. So, okay. Yeah. If so you, can, you need if to be able to travel that, there. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, if, so if you're, if you're, if you are going to travel back into alignment, if you are going to turn back into alignment, if you're going to define the finish of your turns by when your body has traveled far enough to intersect that line of the rope, you're, you're going to need, you're going to need enough time and space to get there. So, you know, so, people that I, I routinely see that, that cannot or don't find that position too often. It's because they, they can't find that position. They don't have the time to get there. I skied with this like crazy talented kid last week. Um, one of the best skiers in his state and he can, I mean, he can run into short line, but he would do it completely bent over, completely bent over ball to ball pinballing. Um, <clears throat> so he developed these incredibly powerful, incredibly smooth, quick, efficient turns, but he kept getting caught out. Like as soon as his, as soon as he, that second hand was coming back to the handle, the rope was already tight. So for him to be able to get that classic stack, I mean, he was going to have to push on his legs, throw his hips up, throw his shoulders back. And he might've been able to, to strike a pose if you will, but it was going to come, you know, at the expense of, of any sort of um, acceleration or momentum or swing into the wake. So, so, I mean, the first thing you have to do, if you can't find that position, you, you have to evaluate your, your upward spacing, how high up on the boat you are, because how high on the boat you are, that determines how much time and space you have preload, you know, and our goal is like, like we said, our goal is to have this aligned position before the pressure starts. If it's, if it's the inverse, if, if you have load before your hip is back to the handle, that's when the battle starts. And that's when you're going to go into this defensive tug of war position. So for, for me, the first thing I do, once someone understands stack and once they can pull out, you know, in that perfect hips up position, then, then I, I want to address speed and spacing. And that's like really, that's way easier than it sounds. It, it starts at the gate. One, how high up ahead of the subsequent load, you know, and appreciating that, you know, after you make your turn, you're not going to be under load till you're almost at the whitewash. So how, just how high up on the boat are you swinging ahead of, of when that, that next load is going to hit you? One. And two, how fast are you going in your gate glide when you enter that, that turn back in? And, and, it, and it's important because if you're going, let's just say 10 miles an hour slower than the boat, when you start that turn in, chances are very good that by the time you're under load, you will not have had enough space to, to, to finish the turn as we define it by, by realignment, right? So s speed and spacing, pulling out stronger, higher on your gate and committing to, to turning in when you and the boat are still going the exact same speed, that's going to maximize your opportunity to, to easily, confidently, consistently get that hip handle classic slalom position before the pressure starts, before things start getting all crazy. Yes. Yes. 100%. It's a, I, 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 you gotta set this stuff up. Okay. You cannot like, like, I, I think that's where you're going with this is that you, you got to set up a stack. You yes. can't create a stack. So if you don't yes. have speed, if the rope is pegged tight, meaning the boat's going faster than you are. So you're just being pulled by it. Then yeah. the moment you start to turn in the ropes already tight, it's already going to yeah. be loading you. 
then there you're, you basically have no chance at getting it. Yes. And so if you watch, go back to old Maple Gates, okay? Because he had a peg line tight gate where he, if anything, he was kind of leaning on his outside shoulder or he was, you know, you could see he was too slow. He was too slow. And then what would he do right before it was time to turn in? He'd make a move left, which would cause a increase in line tension. And then he'd release it all real quick and then drop right into that hard one. So he had, he had to create a release to be able yep. to get back into stack. What I think we've evolved with now in slalom theory is that while that was safe and predictable for him, it's not ideal because he, was, he wasn't carrying enough speed through there. And then he had to, to, to develop these little nuances to find a way yeah. through what he's trying to do. That's not... For sure, was, because... Yeah. yeah. It's a more, it's a more obviously wildly effective, but, but again, like, you know, his level of athleticism and timing and awareness was just, you know, it's just vastly superior. So, but like, like what I always say, like, it's not, it's not, it's not a right or wrong approach, but like you're, you're how hard, you know, how, how much upward spacing you have, like how wide you get. And that's variable. We all do it differently and how fast you're going. That's, that's what creates your window preload, right? So the higher you are, the more, the more space you have before you're going to be under load again, the faster you're going, the more time you have, like, cause the boat's going to be slowly going away from you instead of rocketing away from you. So that's just your window. So that gate you just described of, of Andy, his, his window to turn or travel back into that hips up alignment you know, like that moment, you know, that moment when he was free to turn as he wanted was just was much smaller than, you know, most of the skiers today. But the efficiency, the effectiveness, the speed of his turn was just far greater. So he just he just packed a whole bunch of punch into a tiny little box, you know, and it, you know, it, it, you have to be just a superior athlete to consistently do it. But it's that it's that same thing. Like It's like you're saying, like if you're if you're going slower than the boat and you're getting dragged into that gate turn in. Every slammer can can kind of um, is familiar with what that feels like. It's going to be really hard for you to find that stack. Your turn is going to have to be crazy fast. So I think you're just promoting. You're promoting. You're promoting having to come up with solutions to problems exactly. that you shouldn't even have. Yep, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, so I, I think step number one for you to consistently find, or, or if you are not able to get your hips up consistently, step one is just just evaluate. You know, don't rewrite your your gate script, but just reevaluate. You know, okay, do I have enough time where I'm free to fall through that turn and 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 get my you know my left hip on that gate planted securely to the handle before there's pressure, or 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 are the turn and the load happening in too rapid a, of a succession? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then can you, can you, I really like the way you talk about once you finish your turn and you're in your stack position, I really love how, like when we already talked about it, like how you, you think about utilizing the boat. You know, I grew up and I'm yeah. sure you grew up being told is you're in a, you're sure. in a, you're in a war with the boat. You're in a battle with the boat. Don't let the boat beat you. You beat that boat. <clears throat> Ultimately, the way I view this is that this is people's perception is that I didn't make the turn I wanted. I'm not where I am in the course that I want to be. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get into a powerful position and I'm going to feel like I have leverage against the boat. And now I'm going to use this leverage to somehow pull the boat backwards yeah. so that I am able to be able to create more space before this next buoy. 
And that illusion is something that we have to let go of. And I think yeah. that yeah. that's something that you're doing such a great job of uh, describing. And so I was just wondering, what is it that you're feeling? Uh, pressures in your feet, pressures in your hands. What is your intensity level as far as I think when we say, like, I would say that you would, you and I would probably both say we're at a 10 behind the boat, but I think 10 is maybe, or an eight or whatever we want to say is from that clenching of the stomach and the positioning. It's not that we're at a 10 trying to win that tug of war and rip those, the pylon out of the boat and do all of that. Is that kind yeah. of, so can you walk us through that just yeah. the, you well, know, the last little bit of this, of this episode? Yeah, for sure. And cause, there, and there, you know, obviously there, there's a time for place and there's a time and a place for that. And, and for me, that time and place is when I don't have that perfect stack. When I have a little bit of separation, that's I I'm going to drop my shoulder to try and try and rotate my hip through somehow. I, I need to get, I need to have that, 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 that alignment before I, at least before I make the edge change, but back to what, back to the question. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I have, you know, the, the upward swing and, and the speed that I can find, I can, I can move through that turn and, and, and catch the rope, if you will, or, or align before there's any pressure at that point, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% looking for balance. And this isn't some, this isn't like just some ideal that only, you know, like, really good skiers can can figure out anyone will tell you any and at any level whether you're 15 off or whatever your 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 best pass they'll come in and smiling like wow that was easy that was easy it felt like that felt like 30 miles an hour right like no one you know no one ever says their their best pass was i was amazing it felt like you you know felt like it was 36 and i i, I thought it was gonna you know i was caught in a tornado blood blister yeah right it's that easy pass. <laughs> all relate to that so what is that easy pass it's it's exactly that 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 you had a high enough swing on the boat or that really nice you know you can identify it as, as that nice relationship with the boat that that or your or your tempo was amazing however you internalized it and, and what that really is is you were able to to finish the turn in perfect alignment with the rope and the and the and the load came on gradually, um, and and it came on in a manner or or in when you were in a body position that you could just simply balance behind it, right? And that's that's when you see those passes where there's no movement, there's no little drop of the shoulders. You get to the wakes trying to readjust to balance for load. If you catch it in perfect structural alignment, when your when your feet are all the way through and, and the line of the rope is intersecting your ankles, your hips, your chest your nose, if you will, that's when you're just, that's when you're just balanced, right? You're just letting the boat swing you, you know, swing you to that center line. That sure Uh, sounds like, that sure sounds like just hooking a handle onto a tree or a post and and finding that position, right? 100%. And and you know where I I find it with my guys and and, and I'll go back to Luke last weekend, you know, up in Kansas. I'm, I, I won't, I won't, and I've mentioned this before, but I won't settle for less than 100% when, when, when we stop to shorten at the ends of the lake or stop to rest, if you're not shortening, um, when, when the driver makes that little, that little steer away to typically to the left and you swing out to the right, I want like just such perfect balance over both feet, the line of your body intersecting the line of the rope, equal pressure in both hands. That's the perfect environment to, to really feel what that feels like. Um, 
you know, and, and, and he did like, you know, Luke and I did that, did that drill obviously, obviously after every single set. And, and by the end of the weekend, he's starting to find this position, you know, um, <clears throat> those passes, those magic passes, that's because you, you were going fast enough on the gate turn in that you afforded yourself enough time and space that you, that the finish of the turn could happen in perfect alignment with the rope before you got to the whitewash. And, 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 you know, or saying the same thing before the load started to build. That's what you're looking for. If you can't find it, <clears throat> make sure you have it on the gate pullout. Make sure you're turning in before you've lost your speed, before you've drifted back in, if you, if you want to say that, or before the boat started getting ahead of you. This whole thing is about understanding what that position is and then, then creating a relationship with the boat, creating a line on the boat that buys you enough time to consistently find it. And you said it the other day, when we we're talking about strengths and weaknesses, you know, I asked you what your strength was and you said, well, it's probably the same as every other great skier. I, I, I can, I know I'm aware enough of, of when that load's going to build and I'm going to do everything 99% of the time to find that balance, that, you know, that alignment, that connection before the pressure starts. 